You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey guys, I am your host Adam Keith and Matt Dye. Matthew Taylor Die, and we're here name like that. on the Hunting Podcast right here on Sportsman's Nation, and we have been deep in the heart of Missouri rifle season. Now, this is going to drop November 20th, so the last day of Missouri rifle season. And I would say as, as Missouri closes, the majority of the states, though, are at least still open or will soon open for rifle season. Um you know, I think of Pennsylvania, Kansas, uh, North Carolina, I believe it is. I know Georgia is open. New York's open. Um, Indiana, like tons of states will still be open. So it only makes sense to talk about rifle season hunting techniques and stories that we've used, will use, and will continue to use in the future and I think that rifle hunting strategies, though, oftentimes don't get like a, a buzz or like you think of all the articles you've ever read. Everything's like, oh, bow hunting strategy, bow hunting this, bow hunting that. But rifle you know seems like you know I'm what just they gonna call go. those guys. What bow hunting snobs? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, now, I've been guilty of being a bow hunting snob at one point in my life. Not anymore. I will truly say this though: if you apply direct strategy to your rifle hunting imagine how much more effective it could be it's already an effective you know deal typically in most areas most people have that great spot where they can go out and 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 kill a deer but if you take true strategy and apply it to rifle hunting it's extremely effective year in and year out and there's things that you do things you don't do and today we're talking about things that you do during rifle season to fill tags and make hunting fun. Okay, question. Hit it. What's your all-time favorite rifle hunting story? Oh, gosh. Rifle hunting story. Um, Come back to me on that one. Haven't even thought about it yet. Okay, well, I'm thinking what's, of mine. What's your all-time rifle, like favorite rifle, rifle choice? caliber? Oh, 308. 308. I would yeah. have to agree on that. Yeah, I, I love like the 308. 308. I got 30 caliber bullet. I Send it. Also, favorite like 
I like 308 caliber. Yep. Now, there are certain guns that are near and dear to my heart, and the Winchester 94 3030 oh. is one of them. Just yeah, because that's what I killed my first deer with. Yeah. That's what my dad uses still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, open sights, and it's just a really, really cool gun. Yep. I the the first I, rifle deer I, hunting rifle I had, or I, I guess it was still my it was my dad's, but I hunted with was well, a two forty three. Yeah. I mean, I, I, a lot of people don't give two forty threes enough credit, um, but a well placed two forty three bullet will put down deer quickly, very quickly. Another um, gun near and dear to gun. my heart is the first rifle I ever bought, which was a Remington seventy four hundred. The old thirty odd thirty odd six. Just let it eat. That's the old yeah. shoulder cannon right there. You know, everybody used to say, boy, that, I bet just that gun boom. kicks. Yeah. The boom but, is ridiculous on that thing. Yeah. It just barks. And so. stop barking. Yeah. Um, two, two of my favorites from way back. Okay, yeah. You talk, and I'll think of my favorite hunt, rifle well, hunting store. But while you're thinking of it, let's go ahead and jump to our first, our first shout-out. Okay, okay. 1948 was the year. Ooh. A little bit before our time. A few years. But that's how long Stratton Seed has been in the business of providing high-quality seed to the everyday farmer and now hunter. That's it. Now, as a land manager, we're looking for high-quality seeds to be planting. One of the biggest ones a lot of people are getting excited about with the Stratton line is the Wild Game Changer soybeans. They are a glyphosate-tolerant forage soybean at a very affordable price, offering tons of forage, Throughout the growing season and pod production, excellent pod production for fall time, late season hunting. And you've even got your Emerge and your Revival Clover mixes yep. that are great for those small little food plots as well as big food plots if that's your wish. A um, yep. couple of different blends that we put together with them, the Heritage Blend, Legacy Blend, stuff that just... High diversity. High diversity. Cover crop, crop blends. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Got it covered. Plus the cattleman's treasure for the crop for the cattle farmer cover crop blend in their pastures or ag fields, they've got it all. That's Down right. Stuttgart, Arkansas. GoStrattonSeed.com. All right. So when we're thinking rifle, this is really a podcast devoted to rifle hunting strategies, rifle hunting success, and rifle hunting stories. And we when you say rifle, it's it that is inclusive to shotgun, shotgun hunting, muzzle loading. Yes, like. November firearms season. Let's, let's call I can it that. tell you, well, it could be it could be even later because uh, I've got some stories from muzzleloader season. Oh, muzzleloader? Um, my brother, I'll just share a quick one with you. Um, why I enjoyed archery hunting way more than rifle hunting at a young age is because I was <laughs> terrible with the rifle in my hands as a kid. Yep. My first, first gun I ever carried. 20-gauge slug, old Mossberg, make it even worse. It kicked. You want to talk about a shoulder cannon? That thing was a Like strapping a donkey mule. to your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Give you a concussion every time you shot. Yeah. Um, and so that one, I missed so many deer with that gun because I was scared to death of it. And, I mean, you're, you're pulling a, a shotgun, not, like a, not with a short barrel either. You're pulling this yeah. big old thing up, little bitty kid, not even 100 pounds. Woo! Yeah. horrible kicked me like crazy so i missed a ton of deer with that mm-hmm. finally i killed deer with dad's 30 30 um and then not too long after that my brother bought a um or he got it as a gift i can't remember but it was a um like an old muzzleloader no scope 
and it didn't even have the – this was before they had the screw-out breach. Yeah. So you had to, like, pour hot water and, like, something down to clean it. It was a horrible process <laughs> um, when you got done cleaning it. And you I couldn't know, just unscrew it. Yeah. You had to – so it was like – you don't know, remember the old, uh, like – a crossbow, they have them discharge mm. targets. It was like, well, the only way to unload this, shoot this thing. So I yeah. can remember as a kid, you get done hunting, you walk back to camp, there's the old tree, boom, you shoot the tree, and uh, just to unload the gun. Wow. And it's like, so, and it had those big old monster sights mm. where, like, that stick way up on the yeah. gun that wasn't like, I mean, <laughs> I had so much, I, I just, every time I carried that gun, I'm like, man. Revolutionary War and Civil War must have really sucked for those guys trying to shoot those guns because this is horrible. Yeah. Um, and I missed a bunch of deer with that one too, but I remember you one. You weren't even getting shot at. I wasn't even shot a, at. Standing in a line. Deer trotting up here at 20 yards, yeah. and I'm just, whoo. And I remember, man, it was the smokingest thing. Of course, I had never really been around muzzleloader hunters a whole lot. Nobody in my family did it, so when my brother got that gun, it was like, this is a new experience. He did a, a little man drive, deer drive, and drove some deer right up, and they jumped the fence line. And we're talking 18 steps, mm. point blank, right at dark. I'm like, oh, this is a chip shot. Boom! Smoke goes everywhere. Flame looked like flame reached out like, and touched the deer. Looked like I burned the, the hair, hair off of her because there was so much flame that shot out of that thing. Like I was in World War II with a flamethrower yeah. or something. Just whoosh, and it looked like <laughs> it looked like she fell over and got it and ran off. I'm like, yeah. well, she's dead. And uh, got down there, no blood, nothing. Looked everywhere, no blood at all. I Clean missed this. her too. Golly, um, man! I, and so when I picked up a bow, I missed the first deer, but then I just started. Every every time I was shooting a deer, I was hitting them, and there was a while there where I didn't miss, even as a young bow hunter. And it was like, man, this is easy compared to that gun hunting stuff. Like this is super Jeez. easy. They're a lot closer. I'd much rather do this. But I figured it out, and I got a rifle that could actually shoot. And then it was game on. Mm. Okay, I, I have a I have another slug gun story. So <clears throat> I was. I think I was in seventh grade. It was like seventh into eighth grade when I bought my like first shotgun. I had been borrowing like my brother's uh, twenty gauge that he had, and actually it didn't have like rifle sights; just had a bead on it. And for a smoothbore barrel, it shot slugs really well. So I killed a couple de- couple deer with that. Um, had had success. Anyhow, I had then graduated up into become a uh, 12-gauge slug gun hunter. You oh. talk about slinging some lead down range. I mean, 200-grain, you know, lead bullets going down down uh, range. And anyhow, I remembered it. It was the first week of gun season. And I believe it was like that. We always had like half day on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So it was like this week <clears> – <throat> And I had been so kind of like proud of myself, I guess. This was one of those times where Dad and I, we had been fall turkey hunting this this block of woods. And I had come to this spot as we were turkey hunting uh, earlier back in October. I was like, you know, this is an area I, it just kind of hit me that there's a bottom, creek bottom, a piece of, uh, oh, that's what we would call an old home site was in there. So it overgrown, um, a lot of pines in there. So it had great cover. It's like, you know, this would be a good spot to come back and sit after school one day. And so 
at that time frame, I could hunt from my house and we had access to 2000 ish acres back behind us. And I drove the four wheeler down, um, got back home from school, drove the four wheeler down, parked it, walked in the woods and not too terribly long into the hunt. Um, here comes an eight pointer walks straight out of that old home site, cross the ridge and crosses like, a creek. When you say old home site, we talk yeah. in the traditional, like the old farmhouse that just sits in the middle of a piece of ground like, like, and the deer are all around it. Yes, but no standing structure, like old, old, like, oh, okay. the only thing like foundation. Yeah. Like basically. Yeah. Like old moss covered foundation and well, like we flagged it because you could easily have walked into it. like gotcha. old, old. Um, now there's Virginia pine, um, all around it. It's thick. Which is there's, a beautiful tree. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. It's like a daggum Charlie Brown Christmas tree, but 80 foot tall. Um, you know, there's an old farmhouse, an old, like what you're describing on mm-hmm. just, just east of Amarillo food plot. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I cause I got another story where I missed a deer with a slug gun on another deer drive <laughs> <laughs> right there at, tw- oh, at 13 steps. Actually, <sighs> when we were tracking that doe you shot in October, yeah. we went right through the same little sway. And I, to- I think yeah, I yeah, told you, yeah, you told yeah, right there. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Dude, I missed so many deer as a young hunter. <laughs> so many. So, so many. This this buck comes down out of that, that area. <clears throat> crossing as soon as he gets even with me. like And this was like back before I, I didn't have scope. It was just iron sights and no binos. I didn't know what binos were at that point. It's just like if it was close enough for me to see. And the, the way the regulations were, there wasn't like an antler point. I could kill three bucks. I could kill three or six does if I wanted. It didn't matter really what deer it was. And I didn't have... Uh, care in the world if it was a deer i mean i was shooting it yeah it shot at everything uh, yeah that's absolutely. how i was so this deer comes down it's like yep deer click the safety off ease the gun up and i remember just that was one of those times again like i put myself in that area i had identified it it was coming together shoulder the gun whoa boom and this was then close to dark too and i remember flames flying out of this and it's not that it was smoky or anything, but like the recoil, I just, I, I got off target and I looked back and the deer had like turned around and started to run back the way it would come. But I thought it was a good shot. Like it felt good. It's kind of like one of those, like you fling the air, you don't have a lighted knock on there. And you're like, man, that shot just felt good. Like I heard a good swack. It's got to be down. Saw the deer run off just over top of the ridge. I was like, crap. Well, I had a little light. I mean, this is like before you carried a backpack, honey. Like everything you had that you took in was just like in your pockets, either on your pockets or on your belt. Like just, you know, like like back in the days where the knife had, I had a knife sheath sheath always on my belt and I had a light right there. Pull that little thing out. And you I mean, it's like one double A battery. The thing was horrible (laughs) and go up there. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got blood. So like I I hit the deer. I I track, like I'm tracking it. I'm doing all this stuff. And like, before I know it, I find the deer like 60 yards away from where I shot. Perfect. Like it, it took the slug. And I remember, cause this is the first year I shot with a 12 gauge slug. I mean, right behind the shoulder, took the bottom portion of the heart out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this hole is huge. Yeah. I had my knife though. Like I gutted it. I did everything. And then I remember dragging it out myself back to the four wheeler, pulled it up to the four wheeler path. And then my mom, like got super super scared. She's 
the four-wheel path eventually comes out to like our driveway and yeah. she's parked there i can see headlights there like way through the timber a couple hundred yards away i'm like why is there someone parked like what in the world she was out there. And, and she, was, she was scared because, like, now it's like an hour after dark. I'm not home. The oh, four gotcha. hasn't come back. She didn't hear the gunshot or anything, but, like, she's worried. And I get out, yeah. and I'm, like, dragging this deer, like, pulling this deer with the four-wheeler out. Super pumped up. Like, it was, like, the first, like, oh, my gosh, it all came together. Yeah. Just me doing my thing. Mom so, was pissed. Dad was pumped. And I went and hung up the deer up with Dad. He's like, next fine. time, just, like. I don't know. Come home first. Like, I do. I, but I knew I killed her. I want to go find the yeah. spot. You know, all that. Um, that, was, that was, I don't know. It was just, that always sticks in my mind of one of the, my kind of first like moments. Oh, rifle hunting. You Shotgun know what I hunting. find I put together. so awesome about that story? It's over. Is you told me you could kill a deer on your own. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, right. Full of crap right there. Yeah. You know what's interesting is the first deer I ever killed, my mom took me to the farm. I've shared that before, but my mom was also, your mom was mad. My mom was worried Mm -hmm. um, because there were so many shots that occurred during that process of of my brother and I trying to shoot, fill some deer tags. So um, 20 shots to be exact. So That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's the old. It takes one well-placed shot. The old 30-30. And a deer drive, that's what happens. Um, man, I, there, I could go on and on about rifle hunting stories. For me, uh, one of the when – t- when we get into our strategies, we're going to talk about covering ground, seeing long areas, hunting near cover, oh, go figure, um, all kinds of different strategies. This one was a hunting near cover not seeing a lot of ground hunting out of a tree stand that you could really realistically the furthest shot i might have was 70 yards Mm -hmm. um and i think i shared this one tree stand broke i had to sit down the whole time two weeks ago maybe i don't remember but that was probably one of my favorite rifle hunting stories um i'll share the one where i shot the buck out out of a redneck with you um and I'd hunted and filmed for a, a lot of days straight. And I'd actually fallen asleep in the floor of the redneck because I was so exhausted. You didn't and just fall asleep. You purposefully went to sleep. I purposely went to sleep. And then I, don't think I you woke had shoes up. On either. I don't remember. Barefoot, a lot of times when we in get in those rednecks and it's warm enough, we take boots off because they are There's kind no of. There's no need. There's no need. I mean, it's basically shut shut the windows and sit there. And You had seen the buck. I, I got up. He went through the back of the food plot. We sat yep. there for a while. Then he came back out, and he was a 160-yard shot maybe. Yeah. And like piled, pile drive. I heard, I heard a new one the other day. Oh, Uh-oh. you're going to love this one. Let's hear it. Digging potatoes. What? That's the, that's the, the phrase. phrase? Digging potatoes. That old buck went to digging potatoes. Oh, with his nose down? Like a plow. I put that shot right there behind that shoulder. He's digging potatoes. Pouncing in the, in the potato wow, um, row, digging potatoes. Wow. That's, ne- that's I never nice. heard that one, but that's a good one. Yeah, that old, him digging He said potatoes. that old buck, I shot him, and he went to digging potatoes. Wow. Yeah. That's Ozarkian right there. That is. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that and I'm like, Jeez. dude, I've never heard that. And he goes, yeah, the guy that told me said I, I had to I had to reference him if I was oh, going to use it because he came up with it on his own. Yeah. 
For us, it'd be he was digging rocks. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Digging potatoes. Here, oh. here's a funny story, and I'll, I'll make it brief. But um, I still, to this day, don't know why I did it. But it was uh, election day. Like I think I was a senior in in high school. My brother gra- just graduated college and started working at presidential election. Yes. So like this was muzzleloader season for us. Was this oh eight? Maybe. Yeah. Oh eight. I guess it, yes. It would have been oh eight. Obama's first term. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, yep. No. It would have been nine. It would have been oh nine. Because I graduated high school in ten. Okay. Now in the fall of my senior year. Gotcha. So he started working there at the same school, so it was perfect. Like we got up about the same time. He lived locally. We hunted all the time senior year. Anyhow, he had off that day. I had off. I went to go hunt a spot. I killed a deer. I grunted it in that morning. Text him. He had shot a doe on my granddad's farm. And he hadn't seen his go down. I knew right where mine was. So I was like, okay, I'm going to need help getting mine. I'll come to you. We'll get yours out. And then go get mine. Get in there. Start to track his deer. And in Virginia, you can kill two bucks in a day. I hadn't killed a buck yet that year, except for that morning. So I was like, you're not taking your muzzleloader in? He's like, no, nah, I'm not that worried about it. i just go go track the deer. I'm like, well, that's stupid. I'm taking I'm taking one. So I shouldered one, walked it in there. We start tracking this deer. And <clears throat> through this portion of timber, cattle were just allowed to just roam. And then people across do, People a, do that? Yeah. <laughs> then there's a small corner of my granite's property that comes along a ridgetop that cattle aren't allowed to get in. Anyhow... He had shot the doe where cattle get to, track it, and it starts going towards this other portion. And across the fence, we look up. I'm like, Ashton, stop, stop, stop. And we could see deer chase another deer. And all of a sudden, they like they stop. They kind of freeze up. And we're looking. Okay, there's one. There's two. It's like a buck and a doe. And seeing's like, oh, my oh my gosh. Ash, like, there's a great 18-inch wide eight-pointer, like, really nice deer. And we'd seen him this summer. Um, actually in my granddad's, uh, he had, my cousin had soybeans planted in the, in the, at the farm. Anyhow, seeing him was like, that, that's a deer. Oh my gosh. And and for some reason he just looks at me and goes, can I shoot it? And I'm like, bro, I brought the gun. Like you're the <laughs> one stupid, not bringing the gun. Can I shoot it? And I looked down, I was like, famous words right there, right? Yeah. Can I, was, I shoot it? And I looked, I was like. Yeah, and I I physically remember handing him the gun, and and it was across the fence, but it's still on my granddad's side, a portion that he owned, but like right in a, I mean, corner, like he would that that buck was at the corner post, of of a neighbor's, and it was early November, so leaves were starting to fall, so in the way distance off to the left in a safe range, we could see another house. Anyhow, long story short, he goes. Boom! Shoots the deer. It jumps the fence and starts to dig in potatoes. <laughs> and we saw it fall. And then we're like, oh, crap. And we start hearing people talking. And they're at the house. They and we just watched it all? They didn't watch any oh. of it. But they'd, they'd like heard the shot and everything. Yeah. Um, it's all my granddad's property. We're still on his. But, I mean, that buck just, he goes, boom! Jumps the fence. We see the... Like, no, what the, no, don't go that way. And anyhow, yeah. we get up to the fence, and the guy's like, hey. And we're like, 
hey, do you mind if we... Like, the deer's in between the two of us now because it ran off to the left oh, yeah. and towards that direction. Like, hey, uh, just shot a buck over here on, on my granddad's. You mind if we come again? And he cut, met us out there and everything. My brother, I will give it to him, made a great shot, but I, I, we go up to it and, like, for our area and, and what we killed generally and the buck I would shot earlier that morning, I look at this thing I'm like, I am an idiot why did i do this i just passed <laughs> off the muzzleloader that you refused to bring in gave it to you and you shot the biggest buck you've ever killed i'm an that idiot stupid stupid you're welcome brother yep oh man you don't share Lucky any him. more stories on on how stupid you are sometimes? seriously <laughs> no that was honestly at the end i was like you know what that was pretty cool though because i i had never like watched someone else just we are all, I was always by myself or like yeah. my dad, when, when I started hunting and deer hunting, like I, the first time I was out there, like Matt, you're old enough to hunt and make decisions on yourself, like by yourself. You're going here. If you see a deer, kill it. And like yeah. my dad would go off and, and hunt another portion and come back and get me. Yeah. I was always by myself. And then like, I got to like see it all happen. That was cool. That's what I liked whenever I started filming in high school. Yeah. Because I had... My dad always took us the first year we hunted or even the second year. Mm-hmm. And, and we may hunt together a little bit. But then once you hit that like 13, 14, it was like, okay, you're you on your boot. own. You graduated. Yeah. And so then you were hunting by yourself. Yeah. And walking in the dark is scary. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I remember, seriously, I was convinced one time because I was on like this big kind of bluff. And I was young, like yeah. second grade, third grade. Like, first year I was out, and I was on this, like, kind of bluff area. It was rocky. I'm like, I swear. I knew, I know it's squirrels now, but it's like, there's stuff in the leaves. I was like, it's a freaking cougar. Like, it's yeah. got to be a cougar. How many yeah. cougars did you know you heard when, you're like, the first year yeah. you were hunting by yourself? You're like, it's going to get me. You know what? I'm done. The worst thing to Bag ever happen for me as a young, uh, as a young hunter and I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this right now because I don't want to get it wrong, um, but Fox, there are certain things that um, 1999 in 1999. So I am um, 12 years old. So I just started hunting. What comes out in Hollywood? The Blair Witch Project. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! I the freakiest thing that I could ever happen to a hunter. After after I watched the Blair Witch Project, because it was filmed, I think, in Maryland. Oh and yeah, that was so close. I'm like, dude, they could be, they could just hop the river and be it here. It could be real. <laughs> it could be real. Oh my god, I re- I remember that. Oh man. Yeah, I uh, I remember my brother and I like running out of the the commercials would come on and we'd run out of the room Dag because it was crap. The, the scariest stinking thing ever. Yeah, yeah. filmed in Maryland. Well, I, I remember. The most vivid thing I guess I remember is that camera when they're running on the trails, like yeah. shaking, and you're like, yeah. oh, my God, it's so freaking real. And then <laughs> we had trails and woods that look like that. Yeah. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> They've got leaves there. Yeah. We have leaves here. They've got trails in the woods. We've got trails in the woods. They've got trees on the trails. Oh, yeah. it's real. Yeah. It's happening to me. Uh, and, and so when that came out, that yeah. freaked me out. And so – um, walking in was like, oh man. And there was a couple times I can remember like 
walking through the back hay field going to my spot at Kingsville. And I'm walking along, and I'm like, it's pitch black. Dad's gone. Chad's gone. And I'm like, I'm alone. The heck with this. I'm sitting in this field till it gets light enough for me to walk to my tree stand. You girl. Because I ain't walking through that chunk of timber to get down there. There's a Blair Witch in that thing. (laughs) Yeah, there could be. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be it. So, oh, man. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to go in that holler and not come back out. No. Not at all. Okay, we should probably get to some hunting tips. you know, we can keep this whole thing on <laughs> rifle hunting stories if we want. Uh, rifle hunting horror stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ah, man. So, for me, growing up, even as a young hunter, bow hunting, I had this, like, mentality, I want to sit and see a long ways. And I just want to be able to see a long ways because I'll be the guy that goes back to camp and says I sell 30-plus deer. And everybody else will say they sell two. And so it was like... I'm going to go I sell saw 30, they're all out of range. Yeah. Booyah, beat that. But oh well, I, I saw a good buck, and now I'm going to try to move in and kill him, even though right. he's never going to make that same pattern, because this is public ground in Missouri. Um, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh, so, for me, the biggest strategy I've always had with rifle hunting was just try to see a long ways. Try to, you know, try to just see. Um, don't, it'd be like going to going somewhere and, and being way over gunned mm-hmm. so you go and hunt a, a thicket where you can only see 30 yards and you're hunting with a 308 like it kind of yeah. defeated the purpose so we tried to bow hunt the areas where it was close tight you're next to bedding areas you're in bottlenecks and then rifle hunt the bigger longer stretches right. um, but even as a as a young hunter and 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 even in my 20s carrying up uh an ot six Still wasn't like, I'm going to go sit in the bottom field and shoot deer at the other end. Yeah. You still have that kind of limited range. The whole buffer, yeah. But <clears throat> rifle hunting to me has always been, I want to see a long ways and I want to hunt close to cover. Yep. Oh, no no doubt. One of the big things that for us, we didn't have like massive tracts of land or anything growing up East Coast. But what we did always have because of the urbanization, I guess, and, and mixture with crop ground, pasture ground and people were utility lines like so gas lines power lines everything so they were just long dead straight stretches that basically broke up habitat and deer crossed them all the time so those made incredible opportunities that for for visual and for hunting purposes um i utilized those a ton growing up um I remember specifically one that killed a pile of deer off of uh, just because of the advantages of being able to see. And basically, it's it's a big uh, intersect that splits two, two habitat types. And, and deer, no matter what, are going to have to cross, especially when the rut's going. Um, and, and so I always looked for those specifically ones where there was a creek bottom that cut through. I get up on a high ridge and look down cross there. Those are just super simple, but that's what I always kind of keyed into growing up. The old power line around. hunts. The old huh? power line hunts. Yeah. I mean, they're they're everywhere and they offer generally um great views. Yeah. Now here we've got more ridges and stuff in between um a lot of the power lines. So you're looking down into um deep 
deep canyons and, and valleys and whatever, but big ridges. But again, it just like anywhere else, the, the further you can see, and like we talked about in weeks past with bottlenecks, if you put or if you have good cover on both sides, deer are going to move it. No, oh, totally. If you're going to hunt a power line, and this goes to the habitat podcast but yep. i would put betting i would put betting on both sides absolutely that way you can or a nice road through the property try to put betting through mm-hmm. both sides and and if you have a little saddle or a sway in the road i think of benches on those on those slopes oh they're just running them running yeah, them like crazy little edge feathering try to make sure they're going through those hang a little stand over it oh now we're looking at bow hunting success sorry <laughs> well let's focus on rifle hunting success and and to me it's just always trying to cover long distances trying to see a long ways but using bedding and knowing that that during that time of the year because most rifle seasons happen during the rut um not i guess i can't say most because there are some that happen a lot in kansas comes in yes first saturday in december but still bedding thickets yep um and that's two different just bedding thickets clear cuts yep crp whatever it is whatever the best cover in that neighborhood is I'm trying to hunt close to that. If I'm going to hunt an ag field specifically, it is one that I know there's good cover on both sides of it where a deer will cross it, um, or I know that there's bedding adjacent. So, again, back kind of south, mid-Atlantic regions, if there's a clear cut next to an ag field, that to me was a great opportunity to catch deer coming out of the clear cut right to it. And clear cuts open up a whole nother one. If you're in the south, plain to pine region where they'll come in and Clear cut a whole section. Um, my goodness, those next couple of years, years two, th- two, three, and four, you really have awesome opportunities. If they left trees or get high on a on a point or the edge of the clear cut, um, get that vantage and you can kill some deer. And if you have the opportunity, you're not worried about the timber aspect of it. Use prescribed fire. Keep that thing open. And manage that at a, at a level which you can see in it, but deer still feel very comfortable. And rifle hunting that, <clears throat> absolutely incredible. Absolutely. Killed a lot of deer over clear cuts back in Virginia. Just getting up on the edge of them. I had climbers, and I, the woods were thick, so we didn't have that many. Uh, I basically I'd get a poplar tree, tulip poplar, climb all the way up as much high as I could, and just sit there, and it felt like you were just in like your own little tower, just watching these massive bedding thickets with a rifle really really successful final stories before we wrap this up we got to do it would you rather but here's my question or here's my my question for the final story for you yeah first deer you ever shot at oh this was easy first deer I ever shot at. i was pumped as if i did you kill it. it no okay heck no dude yeah first deer i ever shot at um too far 20 gauge buckshot Thanksgiving morning, family hunt. Um, this is when, before I really started like sitting and like understanding what the rut was. Man, we we're just pushing deer with people and dogs, and it was just a drive. That's all it was. And it was in a, I was in a gas line basically, and just across the gas line on a little opposing ridge, I was told, "Okay, go stand by that tree. Your dad's coming through this piece over here. Be watching." Oh, you yeah. got it. You yep. got it. And out pops deer. I mean, she was like 60 yards away. And it was funny because <laughs> buckshot. buckshot, 60 yards away, 20 gauge, um, probably number fours. 
uh, number four buck. And anyhow, she comes out. Oh, I was pumped. Deer, bang. And then I don't know what, like the the gun like never jammed. Yeah. And sure enough, it jams. And I'm like sitting there trying to shuck it. And what it does is goes and runs off the little ridge it was on, comes across the wide open at 30 yards, comes to like 10 and runs right in front of me. Oh, I mean, just broadside perfect right in front of me, just perfect buckshot, and the gun was jammed, and I just watched it. But I was so jacked up that I had shot at a deer. Oh, yeah. And it was like, a blue, I blew my mind. Then we get in the truck and head down to my grandparents for Thanksgiving lunch afterwards. And, of course, Mom's like, well, what you guys do? I was like, Mom, I shot at a deer! I yeah. did it. Like, I shot at a deer. It was so fun. Yeah. Didn't matter. I missed it. I could care less. I'm trying to think here what year it would have been for me. Nineteen, I guess it would have been nineteen ninety nine. I was I was third grade. Nineteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety eight, when I officially became legal to carry a gun and hunt. So I was twelve years old, and what is the strategy? But walk. Walk it and out. And Dad baby. and I were sneaking along. We should do like a, a remix, like. Yes, I walk it out. Like yeah. first, first boat uh, gun hunts. So I'm walking with Dad, easing yep. along. We cross the valley, Burger Place, and we're slipping up behind um, Greg's own fence line, yep. old Greg's place. And in the timber, Dad, I'm walking. Of course, you know, as a kid, what do you do? You walk. step in Dad's footsteps. Yep, right behind Dad. And even though he was six three and I was five six, I'm taking huge steps. So I'm focused on trying to step in his tracks mm-hmm. and he like hits me or puts his hand behind and he kind of like steps to the side and it was like i i stepped up there that big old 20 gauge slug and she's like 60 yards looking back over Boom. send it and uh needless to say i miss that deer too <laughs> I, if i was your dad we had just gone straight to the range i'd be like okay 22 just <sighs> tell me please that you can hit this target oh i could shoot with the 22 that 20, gauge, that 20 gauge i could not shoot with it and and one of these days i'm gonna bust it back out bust it back out just to see if it can be done <laughs> <laughs> oh, or at least pattern it man because here's the thing i don't think we ever sighted it in oh, it was yeah. just like was eh. it a bead or did it have a hey, rifle? just a bead oh yeah yeah just a bead. no rifling just a smooth bore smooth bore Boom. Yep. One, one of the... I'm going to make a map. You know in basketball or in, in baseball they call them spray charts where you look at all the hits. Every time you Percentage. had an at-bat, yeah. you would see where they hit. And so like green was a hit, red was mm-hmm. an out. Um, in basketball, it's a it's a shot. Where you've missed here on the and farm. And then I'm going to make a map of the farm and it's going to be like where I've missed and where I've hit. Just so you can see. I don't know if see. you want to do that for your confidence. <laughs> it would be so funny because there would be red dots everywhere. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Last oh, last rifle story. I remember it was it had my dad's two forty three, and it was we never really had like opportunities uh, to have super long shots. The fields weren't huge back home, and uh, the one of the bigger fields we hunted was was a, our back hay field. It was three hundred yards from one end to the other end. I remember. It was like uh, it was the night before Thanksgiving. Again, later, I had Dad's rifle, and Doe comes out the far, far corner. And I had ranged it. It was 286. I was like, I don't think we had killed a deer in a while. We didn't have, like, any fresh meat or anything for Thanksgiving. That's what we always try to do, too, is, like, have, like, a fresh cut. 
from a hanging deer for Thanksgiving. I was like, time to step up to the plate, Matt. You're up. You're up to bat. What are you going to do? 286. I was like, Dadgummit, I'm going to give her a try. And I remember I had I had cut a stick and had it in the blind. And it's getting, like, close to dark. I remember, like, getting on it, finding the scope, like, flicking the safety off and just thinking, you better squeeze the stinking trigger. And it was one of those, like, horrible, like, I shouldn't bad mouth a, a brand, I guess, but it was like a Simmons scope. And so it's like close to dark. I'm like, it's really gray. But I can see crosshairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the deer's like, I'm like, okay, it's pretty much squared up to me, like broadside, but I'll touch corner. Anyhow, I remember putting like. What caliber was this? 243. Okay. Like top of her back, spine region, and squeezing. And I remember like watching it in the scope and watching her reaction because like, not much kick. Yeah. And, like, just, like, letting that gun, like, sink into my shoulder. And it looks like she, like, hunched up. And, like, she was right on the edge of the timber. So she just, boom, darted right in. I was like, that's all I got. And I was like, well, crap. <laughs> I don't know if I hit her or not. Yeah. She looked like it. Anyhow, get up there, found just a little bit of blood. And I was like, God. I'm I'm not gonna pursue it because she had to go through like a little section of pines and you can't hardly track in pines with minimal blood. So if she hunched up, I probably hit her a little bit back, quartering away. Ugh, I'm not doing it. So I came back the next morning, she was like 60 yards in there dead. But hit her like last rib came through and she barely made it. But I was like, mm. I just like to me 286. I never shot a deer that far. And I I never like as bad as it sounds. Like I had never practiced that far. Like yeah. I it was like. Hail Mary, baby. We need fresh venison. Yeah. And I, I shot. And I was like, holy crap! Like that just happened. Huh. That just happened. I, I can't even think. I, when you said 286, I'm trying to think of as a kid where I ever saw a deer that far. Yeah. 286. Of course, we didn't have a scope on a gun right. until my brother bought a Browning when I was in. He was in high school or after high school, college. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time a bolt action with a scope was ever brought onto the farm yeah. that I can remember. You're bringing out the big gun. Yeah, it was 20-gauge slug and yeah. two dirty 30s. So, yeah. anyway, uh, would you rather, if you were to, if somebody was to say, all right, we're bringing back, we're, we're getting old school again. Oh, yeah, bring it on. And we're going hunting. Would you rather, and this is, of course, November 10th, opening day, would you rather have to wear your coveralls and your long johns and it's cold so you know you're going to be brutal? It's going to be yeah. brutal. Your feet are going to freeze. It's going to feel like you have rubber bands wrapped around your toes <laughs> like it was when you were a kid. Yeah. Or the, would you the rather... The of, of falling off, just breaking off like yeah. a popsicle. And, and you know the first 20 minutes back at the cabin by the fire, it's, it's just going to hurt. It's hurt. just pain. Oh, it's going to hurt. Oh. And you're going to walk out and it's going to feel like you're on peg legs. Yep. So you're sitting in green coveralls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, solid green. Or would you rather be in a nice suit, like a First Light, Sitka, Under Armour, any of the nice stuff that's out there now, Yeah. but you have to hunt with a 20-gauge slug, and you're set up for, could be far, could be short, we don't know. So you have the 20-gauge slug with the nice camo? and you're With the nice camo. Oh, okay. So you're comfortable, but you don't have a real great gun. Oh, I, here's here's how what I but I think. it's it's camp it's hunting camp yeah yeah totally I I think it, there's like a rite of passage that you have to go through as a young hunter 
you better have an opportunity where you freeze your butt off. Like <laughs> I, I grew know. up in that in that time frame where it's like, yeah, this is what you got to hunt with. You got hand me downs. You got this that. And then I learned how to dress myself basically to cover stay all warm. splitters. Cover all splitters. Yeah. <laughs> what? The hand me downs that are a little bit too small. Oh, so they're splitters. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? I was like, you looked at me like splitters. I was like, what are you talking? What about? are splitters? Oh, you know, I know that's like a when weird, they're like, so short, they Adam feel like Keith they're Leotard trying to sp- split and split yeah. you in half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had those because they're like high waters, and you're like all the heat from my my low top hiking boots are coming out, <laughs> yeah. and there's just cold air rushing in because he's daggum high water. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Lifted that. Yeah. I rem- I do remember this. Like we had the uh, oh gosh, what was it called? Um, what's that mag? A wing supply. That was like uh, that yeah. newspaper mm-hmm. with the yellow pages in it. Yeah. Had that. I remember ordering. Um, I actually got to order two pairs Real of boots. Real cheap stuff, like yes. like on sale, yeah, discontinued. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cheaper stuff. So I got to order two pairs of boots that are like twenty bucks for kid boots, and it was like the half rubber and then oh the, top. the old LL Bean type <laughs> boots. Yeah, and they were absolutely like zero insulation, horrible for keeping a foot warm, and uh, that's what I had to hunt in. But okay, to answer the question. I think it's a rite of passage. I've been through that. I've suffered through that. So I would take the the good quality gear, stay warm. But I have no bones about shooting a twenty gauge again. I mean, I love shooting a twenty gauge slug. Well, I do not. So you need to try it again. Oh man, I don't think I could, but I might. I might. I would one hundred percent, hands down. You know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna take the quality gear because I yeah. hate being cold and I get cold super easy. So I tell you what, I wish I still had my setup from when I was living in Maryland doing crop damage and had a 28 inch rifled barrel single shot Thompson Center 20 gauge with a Vortex scope on it, and I would shoot the Hornady SST slugs. Oh, buddy, pack driver. I shot deer at 200 yards of that thing with a slug. So that one would change the game, change your perception on 20-gauge slugs. Uh, maybe. It uh, would do it, I promise. Oh, Wing Supply, that's funny. They're still in business. Oh, yeah, I just got are. on the website, and there's still yep. a lot of cheap discounted stuff. Yeah, um, I am right. Huh. Well, I know that pretty well wraps us up for this week. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the hunting podcast and our ramblings of rifle season. Um, and please leave us a review on iTunes and our Facebook page. Guys, fellas, people, we promise you, apparel's coming soon. Yeah. And people that are leaving reviews right now. Maybe just in time for Christmas. It better be. It better be. Um, And this is first launch, so more stuff coming. Uh, But guys that are leaving reviews, if, if we select your review, we'll send you a free hat. So... Please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And you might be one of the lucky ones to get one of the first first batch of hats that come out. And I promise you, you're going to love them. You won't be disappointed. Anyway, um, and then... uh, Any questions, email us at info at landandlegacy.tv. We'd love to hear from you. And real estate needs, too. If you are looking for real estate needs... Shoot, you might as well just, we might as well give them our cell phone numbers because they're all over the internet anyway with where our brokerage is. So you can give us a call if you have real estate needs. Absolutely. Matt's number is, what is your number? You don't know my number. (laughs) I don't. 
No. Um, anyway, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Yeah.